0: it is the day after the uk's hottest day that we've ever had but over 40 degrees yeah but in podcast land you would be listening thinking oh mate that's old news ages ago that was ages ago
1: well weirdly in real land it feels like ages since we've recorded a podcast but in podcast land we haven't skipped a beat they've just been ticking along so weird isn't it how mm. that all works so Please. strange time loop. how did you how did you find the hottest day
0: nice i had a chat with a workman who's doing a he's, he's doing some work as a you know being a workman and as everything. A workman. And he was like oh i had a, i was speaking to my decorator and he was like gaffer do you mind if i don't come in today cuz you know it's really it's really hot and everything and, and he, oh yeah fine like you, you don't need to come in by the way, how was your holiday in Dubai? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Right, see you seven a.m." And the, like, just had very little sympathy for him. And his argument it, is, in other countries, that's normal. It's just because we're used to grey, overcast in the UK. Well, it's the it's the what you're doing
1: in the temperature. Because I've seen I've seen a lot of this. Like, oh uh, it's way hotter where I am. But like, one air conditioning. Two, you've it's all about the what you experience versus like it's what what your normal is versus what things change to. People struggle with cold just as much as they struggle with hot in that respect. But it's it's fine to like lie on a sunbed when it's really hot, or like lounge by a pool or swim. But if you've got to like do manual labour outside and it's really hot, that is a bit of a different thing. Yeah, so, I wouldn't want to be decorating a house, um, or, or even like sitting at home. Like if you're used to working at home. And you're inside working and you don't have air conditioning. The difference between like being abroad and being in the UK, like abroad is comfortable because you just can control the temperature to whatever you want it to be. Whereas here it's just hot.
0: <laughs> and well, yeah, the infrastructure of other countries like they're made for weather variation. Whereas mm. it, the UK is only built, including like train tracks and stuff. Yeah, for It's weird, isn't it? 10 to 20 degrees Celsius, anything outside of that, people lose their minds well our email went down yeah because it overheated our email
1: got too hot yeah it's weird isn't it do you know what i was thinking about why because like from my experience anyway most other websites that i use didn't go down so it's clearly not like a nationwide problem but it's also weird that the server we use is in the uk i don't
0: know why i find that weird do you find that weird like people like to think oh well it's a it's a good old british server from british people so that's going to be good and reliable mm. but it was obviously made it, of chocolate so yeah it didn't work but
1: it'll they'll just be a temperature tolerance won't they won't they like wait we are happy to keep this server cool within this temperature range and when it breaches that we just
0: like, yeah well it's because it the- stops working The chocolate in other countries, they add something in it so that it doesn't melt, whereas British chocolate servers just Cadbury's, and so they just... So I think it's the same chocolate. It's just the fridge that the chocolate's in in other countries is way better. So have you had Hershey's chocolate before? Mm. Do you know how it tastes a little bit of sick? There's like a little kind of... And so it's the common complaint from, like, Europeans when they taste American chocolate, they go, oh, it tastes a little bit of sick... And apparently that's the additive to the anti-melt stuff. But then because so Americans I, are used to that, they don't like our chocolate. So, Because it doesn't taste of sick. <laughs> <So> I,
1: <laughs> I, I've, ne, I don't, I've had Hershey's chocolate quite a few times and I've never had that experience. But now you've told me that, I imagine I'll be unable to have Hershey's chocolate ever again.
0: Yeah, just look out for it.
1: Um, just be careful. Yeah, that's, that's all we can do, really. It's like bread in Spain. It's it just, falls mainly can, on the plane. <laughs> you can only buy sweet bread, can't you? Seemingly. If you want like really? a ham and what? cheese sandwich, the bread doesn't taste quite right, the cheese doesn't
0: taste quite right, the ham's a bit like, Ooh, what's this? It's like parallel universe ham sandwich where yeah. it looks and sounds like one but doesn't quite taste like one. If everything had just gone a bit wrong a hundred years ago, we would end
1: up in a world where a ham sandwich tastes like a like a cross between like a cake, like a muffin and a ham sandwich. Like a ham croissant.
0: Yeah. Dearie me. Yeah. Well, Deary speaking me. of ham croissants, you have sent me something and I've not seen it.
1: From I Dave don't even know what this is. Oh write this. Okay, here we go. Don't eat fried stuff. And here's why. The amount of inflammation in the body from one meal with fried things and I don't care if it's fried fish or fried potato chips, it doesn't matter. That increases inflammation for two days. A cigarette is four to eight. Literally, you're better off to smoke a cigarette than you are to eat a plate of french fries. And it's that big of a deal Look, french fries. Yeah. Well, they're fried. Here, bake the damn French fries. It's not that hard. You bake them and put really good butter on them afterwards. It tastes the same. No, but when
0: you go out, then what's baking and with butter? I know. So it's because restaurants are... Mm-hmm. They fry them in the worst oils that have been in the mm-hmm. game. You got to just say no. And you look at it like that's not food. Okay. He's still of it, okay.
1: isn't he? He's still bloody going.
0: And just on that note, just to add to the... To add oil into the wound this guy someone's tagged me in this recently because there, there's a sort of guru sphere on Twitter which you'll be totally insulated from so me saying this you're going to be like Yusuf that sounds mental that's not happening but they're obsessed with cold showers sunning your bum hole and seed oils okay so they're like that's that's like the new kind of current iterate. you know previously it was black coffee then it was eggs and then it, now it's bumhole sunning and seed oils which of those things are bad and which of those are good it's like so cold chow is good
1: sunning yeah. bumhole good, some is seed bum good seed oil bad
0: seed oil bad that, that right. that's that's where i mean maybe in a year's time they'll seed oil will be good and whatever yeah. but yeah but yeah so th- this guy has uh, made leaflets for himself that say hi there i have a sensitivity to seed oils and he's listed out all the oils i can't eat them please substitute with Pure coconut oil, beef tallow, duck fat, etc. Um, and With the QR code,
1: a handy QR
0: code, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, there's a couple of comments being like, "You'll you won't get the seed oils, but you'll definitely get some pubic hair in your food." Mm. Um, but yeah, it's the reason I brought that up is, is it's part of the same kind of demonising of one specific thing, and in this case, it's like what did he say having a french fry is the same as smoking a cigarette you're better off smoking cigarettes because the inflammation doesn't last as long
1: i think that and yeah so you're and like also the add-on from that is that you're fine as long as you bake the potato and then cover it in butter like that's okay but Mm. as soon as you fry them there's this sort of horrendous sequence of events set off that you'd have been better off just smoking a cigarette and not bothering. It's just such a weird piece of logic.
0: Well, the paradox of saying if you bake the French fries, then if you bake fries, are they still baked or are they fried? Um, but yeah, like this, this idea that... Bakes. The French bakes, that's what they should be. <laughs> this, this happens when you get a kind of health guru who know, understands one piece of the puzzle... Or thinks they do, and they just miss the wood for the trees. And he's he's labelling inflammation as the only marker of ill health. And you're ignoring the carcinogenicity of a cigarette, the lung tar, the addiction, the smell, the vascular risk, like the, the neurological effects, like all, all these downsides of smoking a cigarette because the... The inflammatory response to a cigarette doesn't quite last as long as a french fry yeah i he's
1: he's been doing this for years this sort of thing in varying degrees of ridiculousness like all the way from coffee normal coffee is killing us all because it has mold in mycotoxins in and you have to buy his coffee and you should you should you have to put butter and mct oil in your coffee that's how he kind of he, he was popular a long time before that, and I actually used to follow him quite a lot when we were in the, like, the low-carb days. I used to listen to his podcast. And he, he made me just think like, oh, my God, like I don't understand any of this. Like I, I thought I had a reasonable grasp on nutrition, but I actually I've got it all wrong, and I've had it all wrong the whole time. And it, it seemed to me like he died away a little bit, but that's that'll just be because I'm not following him, I suppose. Um, and to see actually- him here on... Lewis Howes, because that's a big podcast. Yeah. Like, that'll have had a lot of downloads. And on that, he's giving that piece of advice.
0: <laughs> Does... well, but, I mean, the, the bigger crime is those glasses.
1: <laughs> well, it'd be because the blue light is, like, giving him eyeball cancer. And so he has to have the, you know, some, he'll have some specific set of reasons. But do, we... do you think that he thinks, do you think he genuinely thinks that that's true or is it all just this like throw rocks at stuff and
0: sell my mct oil and it'll somehow work it's it's difficult isn't it because you're you're absolutely right that scaremongering is so effective and mm. even for someone who has a decent grounding in physiology and uh, of metabolism as, as you do it was like oh but maybe I'm what if maybe i'm missing something mm. and i remember we did a video about dave Asprey 10 years ago where he we quoted him on saying Diet Coke is so neurotoxic that if I had a sip of it right now, I would be slurring my speech. <laughs> now, if I had a patient that said that, because I'm sure, <laughs> no, I'm sure he would, he'd say, "Oh well, it's because I've eliminated my, all the toxins from my body, so when I do have them, I'm really sensitive to them." What I would say is that he's got some kind of phobic functional disorder where he's convinced himself of these environmental things being so lethal and so bad that he's developing immediate acute symptoms like slurring your speech like do you know how strong a drug has got to be how damaging it's got to be to to, to cause you to instantly slow your speech
1: well think about how much i guess maybe this isn't your thing but think about how much alcohol you have to have before you start to slur your speech like before you lose start to lose like basic functions it's not a sip right so that an alcohol is pretty strong so as a as a thing to ingest like if you have a lot of it it can be really serious so if diet he's claiming that diet coke has that has more of a potent effect than
0: alcohol and the french fries are worse than cigarettes so the the, the there's a lot of false equivalences that are being pulled out you know saying french fries are bad because they cause inflammation and you're better off smoking a cigarette by that logic you're better off like eating a kitchen knife because it doesn't produce as much acute inflammation yeah. as well actually it probably would if you ate a kitchen knife but <laughs> probably not
1: as much global inflammation. Mm. inflammation like would hurt I, don't yeah. know. I see your point, though. Like, if you extend that argument, because he, he's already, he's being ridiculous by extending the argument in the way that he's doing it. Like, I think any sensible person would not think that smoking a cigarette is a healthier decision than having a few chips.
0: Or just, like, going to huff some glue or some something that's like, oh, but it's okay because my CRP didn't go up. Mm. Like, because, and chips would have been worse than this, so
1: what do I care? I just think it's terrible that he's, I just think it's terrible that he's doing that, that he's giving that advice out because like I, I can remember falling for it all. As someone who was spending a lot of time reading about nu- nutrition and training, I remember listening to his, his stuff when it was new to me and thinking, yep, I'm, I am bought into this. He really seems like he knows what he's talking about. Clearly, this is why there's like an obesity problem. Right? There's the, he's he's cracked the code. It's not calories and progress. calories overload. after all, yeah. It's inflammation. That's what it's been the whole time. So it's not that hard to, to make that leap. And he's going on a platform like that and saying, don't have chips, smoke instead, basically, is the message, isn't it? <laughs> Let, let's say you're a smoker and you watch that. You'll think, well, it's not that bad then. Like here's this health expert saying that. And then also, <laughs> what do you do nutritionally with that information?
0: Well, just you swap out all the oils for butters, keep the, Grass keep the calories butter. the same. The How much more powerful is a headline that's don't do this, do this? Yeah. Compared to, like, if you'd come on and said, we pretty much know what's bad for you, don't smoke, try and minimize your alcohol, do some exercise, get a bit of sun, but not too much sun. No one wants to hear that. Mm. but if it's bake your french fries in butter because normal french fries are work anyway um,
1: secondly on the the card thing the seed oil card thing is that is that person actually intolerant to seed oil or do they have they just they've read it on twitter and
0: they're they're one of these like ideologues is that the right word Um, yeah like a one one trick pony twitter account that just always talks about seed oil, how seed bad oil. seed oils are. And it's... So Ben Torme, good old Ben, mentioned the other he tweeted the other day saying, have ever, ever noticed how all the kind of seed oil gurus all look like they couldn't do a single press-up? And it's such a good point that they've just got their priorities in the wrong place.
1: But the, they can't do press-ups because of the seed oil. <laughs> it's because, interesting. Yeah. So I... I have been allergic to nuts for my entire life and have had to carry an EpiPen my entire life. And I've had like multiple allergy tests. I've had a couple of reactions that haven't been anaphylactic, but have been pretty shit. Like shit being the operative word, right? Like fully wiped me for a day by having a tiny bit of, a tiny little bit of nuts in a, Actually in a cucumber sandwich. So cucumber and pesto sandwich, white sandwich, white bread, crust cut off, looked like the safest thing in the world. Absolutely floored me for like eight hours. Anyway. So I, I've witnessed the world adjust over time from like when I was 13 to, or let's say 15 years ago, right? From then to now, the how hard it is, or in, in, a, in a restaurant when you'll say to somebody, hey, like this is my order, I've got a nut allergy. Back then they'd be like, yeah, that's okay. There's no, there's no nuts in the food. Now it's like, Someone goes behind the counter, they wheel out the allergy cart, there's a whole matrix and they've got to get a sign off from the manager that's somewhere else. And I also go to dinner with a lot of people who will, as they're ordering, they will say like, oh, actually, and I can't have this and I can't have this and I can't have this. They haven't got an allergy to it. They might have, they might believe they have an intolerance. And And I'm not, I'm not saying they can't do that. It's just, it's frustrating from my perspective, seeing stuff like that, because when it's like I might eat something on this plate and have to like jab myself with an EpiPen and go to hospital and you've just read that seed oil might be, might be a bad idea, like you and I are going to have the same conversation with the, with the waiter and they're going to wait what we say the same and might go back in the kitchen and go, ah, oh, f- f- fuss eaters over on that table, <laughs> just something about nuts, something about seed oil. Do you know what I mean? And I just, I feel like that. I feel like it's harder to be taken seriously with an allergy these days because
0: everybody has something, whether it's real or not. You've put that very diplomatically, but yeah, it frivolizes your lethal allergy. Yeah. Yeah. When people, oh, I don't like broccoli because I think it makes me, my nose a bit itchy. (laughs) Uh, Compared to something, so. There's two lines of thought you could take with this, and it's similar to the calories and menus thing that we discussed the other week. One of them is, other people having sensitivities is good for me because everyone takes it more seriously. The other one, or, or, or so, so for example, gluten um, mm. or vegetarianism, like now that it's become popular to be gluten-free, <laughs> it's become fashionable to be gluten-free, the... There's loads of gluten-free stuff in the supermarkets. There's a special aisle where you can get cornbread and spelt bread and stuff. Mm. But equally, it means that if you're genuinely celiac, people go, ah, you're one of those kind of mm. hipstery, fussy people. So it makes you look like more of a twat, but it opens up your options. And it's a difficult one.
1: There's just no... I've, so I guess from a celiac perspective, like suddenly you go into Tesco and there's like a gluten-free aisle. That didn't used to exist. Like go back 15 years, at least as far as I remember, that didn't exist. There's not a nut-free aisle, at least not in the supermarkets I shop in. Like it's just because because there are foods that have nuts in and foods that don't. Nuts aren't like a common ingredient that are in a lot of things. But I So I also get asked like, how bad is it? That's the other new thing that never Mm -hmm. used to happen. How bad is it? Like I'm going to say something in response to that question. What are you going to do with the the, the, the information I give you? Like if I say... Mm. Not that serious. What is that? What are you then going to go and change?
0: <laughs> yeah, it, the the answer doesn't have any kind of functional outcome, does it? So, no, and, and and unless it's your doctor saying, like, and it's like, okay, that will determine whether they give you hydrocortisone and adrenaline or yeah, <laughs> just a bit piritan. Um, yeah, but it's not. It's the guy in the restaurant. So just don't give me any nuts, no, please.
1: Yeah, but it's the same with with celiac versus. Like gluten intolerant, right? Like if someone's celiac and you give them something with gluten in, that's fairly serious, right? Whereas if someone read in a book last week that gluten might be like giving them headaches, then you know if they have if they can choose to have gluten and they might not notice, but they are still they're like still giving the same piece of information to the rest to the to the chef to the kitchen. How does the chef decide that person is just full of shit? Whereas that person's got an epi pen. How are you supposed... You can't, can you? And imagine being a chef in a restaurant and being hit with, like, allergy intolerance, can't have this, take this off. And you're trying to, like, express yourself and put together a piece of
0: food that... A, a plate of food that tastes really it's, nice. It's like you're playing Tetris, trying to dodge all the, like... So, actually, th- there's one one time... And I, I quite I actually quite respect this, even though it was annoying for me. There's a sushi place in Newcastle called Sushimi Rolling, and they're... <laughs> very good sushi very kind of um new and fancy very fresh stuff and they were like oh have you got any allergies this was as i was placing my order about to pay and i was like oh yeah um oysters and oyster sauce and they were just like oh no get out immediately leave and so they they wouldn't they were just like we're not even going to serve you wow and i was annoyed because i was i wanted some sushi but also i was like actually fair play like they're not even going to take the chance. So
1: that that I suppose that either is like a lack of confidence in their like controls, or oyster sauce is just everywhere. It's just all just over the kitchen. You it know, over the plate. Yeah. like ladling it out all over the sushi. <laughs> it's probably somewhere in between the two.
0: <laughs> like I'm, there's just spatters of it everywhere. Yeah,
1: because mm-hmm. I've had that a couple of times, um, where like a restaurant will just refuse to serve me. Or they'll be like, you can't have this because we didn't make the bread. The bread's come from offsite and we're not confident in the bread. I was like, well, let me decide about the bread. Like, if has the bread got nuts in? No, no, it hasn't got nuts in. Like, right, okay. But it might have nuts in. Yeah, it might have nuts in. And why? <laughs> How could it might have nuts in? <laughs> because they don't have control over like the processes in the bakery that's delivered the bread. I'm like, as long as there's not like a nut in the bread, I'll be okay. So, like, you bring me the bread. Like, no, I'm sorry, sir. We're not serving you any bread. Yeah. Like,
0: God. <laughs> well, because yeah, because you could take that as like, well, I'll make a cup of tea, but I don't know really if the tea bag has nuts in. Like, I'm not supposed to, but it might. It might, might, you know, it might have possibly. been
1: laying on a like in a bag of nuts, and someone's swirled it around before, possibly. But because there's this like, because I've had a few things catch me off guard that like cucumber sandwich shouldn't have nuts in my default now in a restaurant is i'll just i'll order and i'll just mention it at the end and you get a whole spread of reactions the best reactions are in like so in in, so venice for example said that to a waiter got a nut allergy and he went okay (laughs) (laughs) just (laughs) and it's hard to know like has he heard me understood me and thought there's no nuts Has he heard me not understood me and thought
0: what a nice gentleman Or is it like, Like, oh, I wouldn't like to be him? Oh, yeah, true. Because from that, you can't tell. Like Yeah, is it cool story, bro? Mm. Or is it like, well, good luck? But but on the face of
1: it, like you work in a pizza restaurant, of course it's no nuts. You know? (laughs) And I think on reflection, it's probably that. And I have a lot of respect for just the unwavering confidence. All that's to say, don't listen to Dave Asprey. If in doubt, yeah. do not listen to Dave Asprey.
0: There's the conclusion. So, Johnny. Yes. What is the best ads platform?
1: Good question. That depends. So I've, I'm actually reading a a book that we were recommended to read at the minute called The Hawk Method h-a-w-k-e method it's by a guy who runs a huge ads agency in america who's worked with some like big big brands and he has a really nice way of categorizing at like ad platforms he includes tv radio newspapers like direct mail like you know junk mail you get through your letterbox um and he basically just categorizes it And i think this is a really nice way of viewing it as either like interruption like a form of marketing that interrupts something you're doing or a form of marketing that is like capturing an intent. So you were, you were searching something, you were going to do something anyway, and you ended up like finding the ad as a result of that. And I think most ad platforms these days, apart from really Google search, are an interruption style of ad, right? So Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, although no one really uses that for ads, the same with LinkedIn, even YouTube they're all interrupting something
0: you're about to do. You're watching content and then something comes up as opposed to searching landing page builder. And then you're about to click on ClickFunnels and there's an advert that comes up above, better than ClickFunnels, try Kartra. And you're like, exactly, oh, okay.
1: Exactly, yeah. So one of them, so interruption-based marketing is almost like creating demand, right? Demand that may not have existed beforehand intent-based marketing, so exactly what Yusuf just described, is taking advantage of demand that's already there. So if you're searching for something on Google, like best whiteboard. Microphone. Microphone. Best microphone. And you type that in and you get hit with an advert from the first paid ad at the top is a Shure mic or a Rode mic or whatever. The chances of you buying that pretty high or you click on that and then you get retargeted around the internet and all you see for the next 10 days on instagram is like road mics one after the other so as a as a some as an online coach as an online pt trying to take advantage of this for the most part unless you want to go after some really expensive keyword like targeting so someone typing into google best online coach you're going up against like firstly think how many results get given to you in that in that instance like let's say 10 let's say you look at the first page of google you're going up against every other online coach on that one page of google Then, yet granted it may be slightly different area to area person to person but you're always going to be better off trying to create demand for, for your service elsewhere first so um and in some right. kind of interruption based
0: platform because broadly on google yes like we and we tested this recently where johnny myself and and our friend ben all decided to search for like nike trainers or like nike trainers manchester (laughs) at the same time on our phones and we got slightly different results but they were all broadly Mm. the same kind of 20 results in different (laughs) slightly different order so effectively yes everyone has their own personal google to an extent but they're not drastically different and you're still kind of competing with those top 20 slots on page one of google and so, you know, if, if, if
1: Nike can pay £50 a click for their ads, unless you're really, really confident in what you're doing, you don't want to be paying £50 a click. So as a, as a kind of category-based decision, should I go like intent or interruption, go interruption. So you're going to interrupt someone with what they're doing. And after that, it doesn't really matter which platform you pick it's kind of how I view it well there are pros and cons of each one there's an ease of setup for each one and there's like a trend and like popularity trend with each one so a lot of people would say that Facebook is becoming less popular over time probably the same with Instagram although more slowly TikTok's becoming more popular over time Twitter's gaining popularity as well so is LinkedIn so some view it as maybe where is my audience first question and then also, what am I willing to try and learn? So you might want to try YouTube ads, for example, but they're more complicated and you've got to make a video versus Facebook or Instagram where it's like text and an image generally, or like a short video and, and, uh, and text. So to summarize, we teach at the minute anyway, Facebook and Instagram, because still, even though there's all the negative press about like, oh, they don't work, they're so much more expensive. That's just scaremongering. It's someone doing a Dave Asprey in the advertising world. All right, those, those still work, they still interrupt people, there are still billions of people who use those platforms. I would definitely go down that route first before trying, so many people wanna try SEO, they wanna try Google PPC, they wanna try YouTube, they wanna try TikTok. Get Facebook and Instagram working first and then move that strategy over or generate demand for your service and then pay for Pin fitness online coaching, that keyword on Google. Right. And that'll be because no one really wants that other than us, right? So pay for that. It'll be cheaper. And you're capturing the intent that you created from the
0: interruption. Does that make so sense? So just to summarize what you said then, so you've got intent-based advertising mm-hmm. and interruption-based yep. advertising. And you'd recommend for a starter to go with uh, inter- uh, interruption-based. Yeah. And the platform that you choose usually these are feed-based social media platforms. So Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, the generally people that say it's not profitable, it's a bit of a blanket statement and these companies wouldn't be in business if it was just not profitable. Like no one would be running ads on them. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so from that perspective, like they will all work, but depending on your strengths and weaknesses and preferences, you pick the one based on that. And that depends on, as you say, the vibe of the platform and the type of audience that hang out on there and also the ease of creating new angles so um you've been deep down the the youtube ads rabbit hole recently and from what i've picked up from you it's very much like the difference between say making twitter ads or facebook ads where it's usually text and image it's very easy to pump out loads of them and to pump out different different combinations of text and image and so you can the friction to generating angles is quite low but the longevity is quite low as well yeah whereas with youtube it's a lot more friction to make a video and to put together you know scripting and recording and everything that like making video in general there's so much more stuff involved in it but you said that once you nail one that angle can last for much longer so it all kind of comes out in the wash
1: yeah yeah so like so certainly the feed-based platforms um they all generally work on in and to be honest, I don't know how all the, the platforms work from a, a very technical perspective, but Facebook, Instagram, I think TikTok as well, Twitter likely, LinkedIn likely work and, and auction, right? So you will we'll have all experienced this. You're scrolling through and it's like post from a friend, post from a friend, ad, you know, and that's generally how it works. So people are, advertisers are competing for that one slot. And the problem that these platforms have, the problem that Facebook's having and Instagram's having is they're running out of inventory. They're running out of ad space. And so ad costs over time as more people try to advertise on these platforms will will slowly rise and you run into people getting ad accounts banned when they're like advertising in a way that Facebook don't want. The one nice thing that YouTube has is that because of the amount of content that is uploaded to YouTube, because it's such a, we talk about this all the time, it's such a cleverly designed platform because the people are incentivized financially to create good content on YouTube right? Because YouTube pays those people in ad revenue. So us, the advertiser, someone out that Mr. Beast, for example, puts out a great video, and we decide we want to run an ad in front of that. Mr. Beast actually gets some of that ad spend effectively. So he's incentivized to put out even more videos. And the rate of things that are uploaded to YouTube is is insane. It's something I don't know what the stat is, but it's
0: like there's more content than anybody can ever feasibly watch. Because with the auction process, it's almost like Mr. Beast by making a video is making a bid for some ad spend and so yeah he's like opening a new slot
1: but so in other words there's an ever increasing inventory of places of of spaces space for ads to be on youtube um and so you end up getting people who are like sat down to watch something as well they're going to sit and watch that video they're going to sit and consume something that's why they're on youtube so you get a bit more of that attention but as you say like In terms of like where, what is going to be the best ad platform in five years' time, I would say YouTube or a combo of YouTube and Google. The difficulty is like you've got to put a video out and suddenly the backdrop, the lighting, the audio, your tonality, how you come across, the script, all those things start to matter. Whereas previously, you could have just typed something on your laptop and no one would have noticed
0: if all those things were... So like if, if you're in a coffee shop at 11am and it's, it's busy and noisy and you need to get an ad angle out, you can't just quickly bash out a video, but you can type out some ad copy. So the, the way I used to think of it before we started playing around with YouTube is
1: it's really hard. It's really easy with Facebook to l- appear the same as the best Facebook copywriters in the world, right? Or the best ads running in the world. Like the the, ba- the bar is not that hard, it's just words. So as long as you communicate effectively and the image is cool, you look just as good as Range Rover, right? Or La- Land Rover, right? Whereas with with YouTube, the Land Rover ad might be like drone footage coming over some hills and like there's a there's a Land Rover going over some rocks and splashing through a river and then there's like me on my phone in my bedroom. Right? So with some hot wheels cars and your <laughs> yeah. iPhone like going. Oh, exactly. Meow. So so it's it's a harder landscape like it's it's definitely playing with the with the big boys in that respect. It's a harder landscape to to compete against, to compete in. It's closer to TV. Um but there's a lot of benefits. But to cycle back to start like that's where i think you should graduate to but to start if you can't get a funnel working on facebook and instagram you've got no hope on on youtube google in my view because it's just way more complicated it's going to be more expensive it's going to there's going to be more effort put into getting it to work even i would even try TikTok before youtube frankly because it's a very similar in the way that it works it's very similar um in terms of cost per click and that
0: sort of thing that's a really good framework so pick the the platforms where there's fewest variables first, get used to the the ads process, and then graduate to doing the ones that, yeah. uh, one, once you kind of know what you're doing, and then you can enter the big boys gym and make some YouTube ads. And the thing to remember with all this stuff is that the ad by itself
1: is meaningless, right? So you're just paying for a click to something, from some, paying for a, cl- for a click from the right person at the right time to something. And if the something doesn't return the spend, doesn't matter where the ads are running, right? You can spend 20 grand on a an ad on Saturday night TV, right? And get a million views and 100,000 clicks. But if you've got no way of converting that money, it's a waste. So you've got to be confident in wherever you're sending the traffic before you turn ads on. And then once you're confident in that, like the ads can kind of be anywhere and still work um, so that the funnel and the offer and the pricing and all that stuff is more important than the traffic. Absolutely. So
0: Johnny's got a really good overview of that that process and how ads just act like a lens that you're just pointing towards something, but they're kind of inert in themselves, as you say. It's it's more about what happens after that. Uh, So have a look on our YouTube channel for that. It's called uh, Why Most Coaches Aren't Successful with Facebook Ads, I think. Something along those lines. But if you just search on our channel for ads (laughs) and it'll come up. Um, But... There we go. There's the answer to what is the best ads platform. Sorry to put you on the spot there, Johnny. Right. But
1: <laughs> Always ready for an ads question. Have we got ready time for, a hot for Would You Rather before we have to go?
0: We've got four minutes. Let's do it. Would you rather be able to manipulate objects <clears throat> within view, telekinesis, but it's limited by your current level of physical strength? Oh, great question. Thank or... God. <laughs> <laughs> Or have ten times your current physical strength?
1: Definitely telekinesis.
0: Wow. Definitely.
1: Okay. What would you do with ten times your physical strength? Tell me one thing that you can't presently do that you would then go and do.
0: Go and compete in powerlifting and just clean up. Okay.
1: But so there's
0: one thing. <laughs> but but you're right. Like the, the rest of the time, like you'd end up breaking your phone all the time. You pick it up and you, and you're like, oh. Bollocks. and like you'd like in, you'd shake hands with people and end up like giving them wrist fractures and yeah i guess it depends how
1: depends what happens how to out the of curve, control is it doesn't it yeah.
0: like is the curve just to, is
1: it just added to the top end and like you have to really strain to get access to it or is everything is it over the same distance so if you apply a little bit of force it's the same as like
0: mm, that's a very good point because actually if it was the second option it's debilitating because that's that's a coordination problem isn't it
1: well, and, like, a, I just think you'd end up in jail, wouldn't you? Over a long enough timeline, you would just end up... You would push someone too hard, break something, shatter something, throw something too hard at someone, and...
0: Well, it depends on your own, like, bone mineral density as well, because, like, have you ever, like, had the kitchen cupboard open and you stand up and whack your head off the corner of the yep. thing? Or, yep. or like, you just self-inflicted injuries of, like, walking into stuff? but like you don't break your own wrist or leg because it's not 10 times the force. So true. Yeah. So, Fine. You've convinced me. You you had that experience where you go to like
1: pick something up off a surface and you think it's full. <laughs> yeah. And it, that happens. I feel like that would happen a lot.
0: Well, and that's only like the only difference there is like 500 grams. Yeah.
1: yeah. Whereas, so I, I think about this quite a lot. So like, If you have a 300 kilo deadlift max how many things do you interact with like have to move and position and like change where they are in an environment that weigh 300 kilos
0: i mean 300 none but like heavy things so furniture or washing machines or whatever it's very rare but a
1: lot of those things are like a hundred kilos maybe like that's a heavy mm. that's a really heavy object but i know when it's on a barbell and it's perfectly balanced and you can like pick it up in your own time in a comfortable gym it feels not that bad <laughs> but when it's like a like a like a side table or something and you've got to like you know, like doing like this really awkward and there's
0: no handles like and, I'm, yeah. i moved an
1: exercise bike the other day right and it will have weighed 30 40 kilos at most but moving that thing was like rp9 <laughs> but if i can just do that with my mind
0: how easy that is that oh yeah so actually you you're totally right that what what that question's asking really is the first one's a massive convenience upgrade and the second one's a massive safety downgrade
1: well it it depends on your current level of strength doesn't it i think how you answer the question i think we're in a fortunate position that because we've put a lot of prep into being ready for this question we
0: can say (laughs) (laughs) look Because it would take you a deadlift from 320 to 3,200 yeah. kilos. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably get like a
1: media career out of it. Mm. And that, you know that's lovely. But it's also, you become a bit of a circus act, don't you? And it's very impractical.
0: Well, you'd get media career from both, to be honest. That's a very so, good point. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, um, I'd have
1: a way better media career about being able to move stuff with my mind. <laughs> 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 like that's like... so. 3200 kilo deadlift you'll go on you'll go to world's strongest man when it appears on new year, new year on tv you maybe get interviewed by muscle and fitness and men's health like you maybe you'd be on like graham norton once or something yeah, like you that.
0: get people in bars being like go on mate i'll give you an arm wrestle, <laughs> yeah, exactly and up,
1: like, hurting but them. if you can move stuff with your mind like can i move people with my mind
0: up up to 320 kilos yeah
1: and can so, I so every, can I affect but that? The heaviest people. So I think <laughs> if I could do that, I would immediately just be, like there'd be a temptation to like just gain as much strength as I can physically. Because <laughs> you, you'd want to go and find the thing that like it'd be cool to move a car, but a car's out of range, isn't it? Unless you're Eddie Hall or someone who can.
0: Mm, I see. Well, unless you have the handbrake off and you're just pushing it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. Wow. Well. <laughs> we have got to dash but if you are listening on spotify you can now well listening on anywhere you can click on the link to ask us anything click on that and let us know if you disagree with our choice there if you would rather have 10 times your current physical strength give us your reasoning for why and i'd love to hear it there is also now two
1: links in the description because we had asked for this a lot and we don't really have a place to send people so one if you if you've been listening to this for a while because i I speak to so many of you who are like, I've listened to this podcast for six months and I couldn't find a link to book a call. Well, now there's a link to book a call. So if you've been listening for six months and you're like, oh, I'd love to work with these guys. What do I do? Click the link, book a call. You'll chat to one of us. It'll probably be one of us or Alex and we'll discuss how everything works. There's also a link to an overview video where you can see how everything works as well beforehand if you want to watch that before booking a call.
0: Delightful. Speak to you next week. Bye.